Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice in it. Happy and blessed, blessed Easter to you and your families. May the resurrection power of God continue to renew and guide the, this church as we seek to live our lives and minister together in such a way as to reflect well on our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given so much and loved us so unconditionally. Hopefully, we will live every day by our motto, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. We are an Easter people, all of us, a people who believe that God can make things new, that God can help us to overcome any animosity, any adversity, that Enemies can treat each other as friends, respectfully. That all of God's creatures are really our neighbors, not our enemies. We believe that God can open ways of hope and justice where there just doesn't seem to be a way forward. I heard a church historian yesterday say that when you ask about the condition of a church, don't ask, are you growing? That implies that the measure of a church is in number of worshipers or in number of programs. Ask instead, is your church thriving? I believe that St. Paul is thriving. St. Paul is thriving because Jesus Christ 
is Lord. And this morning we have prepared to celebrate the central act, the central parable, so to speak, to tell the story of who we are together as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We believe that there is a place at the table for everyone. Now, celebrating the Lord's Supper may seem like a small thing, an all too familiar thing. We do it often. But at this table, we in the United Church of Christ believe that the, the Holy Spirit of God moves among us and knits us together as one people. This isn't just our opinion. It's based solidly on Scripture. We remember just last Thursday, on Monday Thursday, that even though Jesus knew what was about to happen, Judas was about to betray him. He knew that. He knew Judas's heart. He knew the hardness of his spirit. In spite of that, Jesus ate with all the disciples. Even though Judas was certainly not worthy, even though none of them understood the full meaning of what Jesus was saying about his body and blood, he ate the Passover meal of freedom with them as brothers. Surely there is no unworthiness in our own heart or our own life that is greater than Judas's scheming, betraying heart. There is nothing that can stand in your way to knowing the risen Lord at this table, except maybe you, your lack of listening, not learning to listen for that knitting together, that resurrecting power that so often whispers and does not shout at us, does not override our ability to thwart its efforts in us. Jesus taught us that it is the seekers who will know God. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And there was room for Judas at the table. There is room for absolutely everyone at this table here this morning. That's good news, folks. On Monday, Thursday, we also remembered that Jesus showed us how different his type of lifestyle, his type of leadership is, was, and is. He did not resort to the ways of the world, convincing, gaslighting, manipulating, or even lying, or even coercing the spirits of his followers. 
Instead, he acted out a parable, a parable that taught them what this was all about. A parable of God's type of leadership by taking a towel and washing the feet of each and every disciple, maybe even the feet of Judas. We don't know for sure. God's grace and love is for everyone, not only those who deserve it, not only for those that call themselves Christians. God's resurrection power is capable of transforming any person whose heart and mind is open to growth. We also believe that this amazing, abundant meal of hospitality is a witness to the very nature of God, the love of God. It's a parable about how peace and justice can become the way of the world, replacing the dog-eat-dog philosophy of competition, which results in our looking down on the poor and feeling sorry for the unlucky, but not really figuring that we need to do anything to help. Jesus taught us that God has a special place at the head of the table for the poor. In the kingdom of God, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Boy, if that doesn't get your attention and, and blow your mind, nothing will. God has created for us, us for communion with all people. We're empowered to live this way, this cooperative, kind, compassionate way by the Holy Spirit of love and peace and compassion and understanding, things that we learn as we are open to becoming disciples of Jesus. And yes, I'm going to go off into the stratosphere here. It's at an even larger level that we hope this Easter morning celebration of God's resurrection power will knit us together as a faithful church. And we dare to hope that our local efforts to welcome everyone as a family member into this church family will become a witness to the love, forgiveness, and grace of God for all the world to see. We also hope that God will use this witness to transform this broken and hurting world. During this Holy Week, we have remembered how Jesus stood silent before the self-righteous, self-justification of religious leaders. He stood silent before Pilate, a politician plotting just to keep himself into power. They rationalized their actions and even questioned truth. If we don't believe that there's anything right or wrong, there's only our personal opinion about things, then that frees us to do what we want to do anyway, doesn't it? 
We can justify poor, any poor behavior, any suspiciousness, any means to keep ourselves in power. In silence, Jesus stood in peaceful resistance. A dignified witness to the truth that God's loving ways of justice, the ways of the kingdom are far beyond the selfish ways of this world. This Holy Week has taught us some hard truths about us human beings. That we are suspicious and even threatened when confronted by truth tellers, especially truth tellers who are saying to us something we don't want to hear or don't want to understand. And if we're not careful, we can become the betrayers like Judas, deserters like Peter, ones who can't stay awake even when Jesus needs us and asks for our help. But this morning is a morning of great news. Not just good news, great news. This morning, the way of Jesus is vindicated, that peaceful resistance, that forgiveness, that grace that he displayed so often in so many ways. All of these things are possible in this world. Yes, we've made a lot of this morning. Uh, we say theologically that sin and, and death and evil have been conquered. But it's another way of saying that sin and betrayal and political power plays and cynicism and manipulation and lies have been overcome. Jesus has shown us that we are capable of standing before the cynical powers of the world in love, forgiveness, and peace. All the elements of what went into human beings like you and I conspiring together to hang an innocent man on a cross of torture and death can be overcome with God's help. Jesus, a human being like us, showed us how to live a life of prayer, a life of compassion, a life of abundant hospitality, a life of witness to the truth of God's love and grace. We really can be anything we set our minds, to, hearts, and spirits to be. We tell our kids that, don't we? Do we believe it about ourselves? With the help of the Spirit of God, we can become like Christ. The story this morning is that three days later, Jesus is alive. God's power has overcome sin, evil, and death. 
God has raised Jesus to new life and the church is born. The church has its work still cut out for it, doesn't it? The same powers of fear, plotting, power plays, twisting the truth, and even violence against the innocent are all still at work in the world. Who are we up against these powers? We just don't feel equal to the task. And so we look at the whole, if we look at the whole Gospel of John, we see a lot of examples of people who didn't feel up to the task, who felt they were incompetent witnesses, and they are actually fairly incompetent. We think of Nicodemus, a distinguished teacher of Israel, a teacher of the law of Moses, who stumped by the phrase, born again. He wanted to understand what Jesus was teaching, but he didn't know that it was, that it that it's only if we are really seekers, only if we are open to being changed and transformed that we can understand who he is and what he wants us to be. Change is not optional if we seek to become wise, faithful, and loving. God is love, and many times we are not. We need to be born again as people who trust, people who see the best in each other, people who are crazy enough to believe that peace and justice are possible. And then there's a Samaritan woman who's offered living water by Jesus, which will, he says will quench her deepest thirst. And she wants such water, but that, then she reaches for her bucket. She, she just doesn't get what he's talking about. She's taking his spiritual talk as literal water and water from the well, and she doesn't get it. And then there's poor, impulsive, bold, well-meaning Peter. He wants to do better. He often says he's willing to do better. He's going to be there at Jesus' side. He swears it, says it publicly, but then he ends up deserting and denying and abandoning his master. And lastly, this morning, there's this example of Mary Magdalene. Expecting to visit the grave of Jesus to grieve. Grief is something that we really don't ever get over, isn't it? Not completely. It's, it's something that comes back again and again in new forms. And in new ways we miss the person or the creature that we've lost. And so Mary is so distressed when she finds out that the, ro- the stone is rolled away from the tomb, a new kind of grief and fear reigns and begins. She doesn't even look inside. She just assumes that his body's been stolen, and she runs back to tell the disciples to ask, and ask them to follow her back. 
And then the scene that's really important here is that they were busy noting the forensic details in the empty tomb, how the cloths had been folded and where they were laid. And she's outside. And she meets a groundskeeper, or so she assumed. We all try to make sense of our interactions with people in ways that are familiar to us, that make sense to us. We make snap judgments about each other and new acquaintances a thousand times a day, don't we? But God has this way of surprising us, stretching us, transforming us. If we have learned from Nicodemus, we are open to the Spirit of God, to a new word from God. We often say God is still speaking, don't we? We just need to learn how to listen, to allow ourselves to be changed, and finally to understand. And if we've learned from the Samaritan woman, we know that the Bible simply can't be taken literally. The words of Jesus are often intended to challenge us to think for ourselves. The words challenge us to have our own relationship with God in prayer and to find our own unique way of having our deepest thirst quenched. And if we've learned from Peter, we know that we need God's help to be loyal. We have lots of good intentions and often let down God, ourselves, and other people. This morning, we need to learn from what happened next to Mary Magdalene. Through the searing grief of her heart and mind, she is questioned by a stranger, and all, could, all she can think about is how to get the situation under control. She's desperate to find where they've taken Jesus' body. But then when she really listens to the voice of the man who's been questioning her, she realizes that this groundskeeper has a strangely familiar voice. And it was when he said her name, Mary. Her mind was blown. Her spirit renewed. Her grief transformed into joy. And she exclaims, teacher. She wants to hug him, but Jesus slows her down. This new situation is much larger than a simple human reunion. Has ramifications that are still rippling on 2,000 years later. What all these examples have in common is that these incompetent, very human people become very competent witnesses to the truth. Peter became the steady leader of the church, and the name Rock that Jesus had given him earlier now makes sense. Mary Magdalene, after realizing who the, the groundskeeper really was, became the first apostle, the first eyewitness of the risen Christ. And she ran back to tell the other disciples what she had seen and heard. She preached the first Easter sermon 
It was a simple one. I've seen the Lord. This is Easter, a completely mind-blowing day. Truly much more important than Christmas. If we let our hearts, minds, and spirits take in the incredible news of today, the truth is that God's resurrection power has begun today, begins each day to defeat sin, evil, and death. And God lures us to become a part of this work, to be a part of this transformation, to be a part of the witness of the church. And Jesus dares us to believe that the ways of God can become the ways of the world. We pray every Sunday, don't we? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he taught us to pray. That's our prayer. That's our motto as Christians. That's our mission as a church. Everyone is welcome here. All are welcome at the communion table. That's what the Lord Jesus has taught us. Come to this table with open hearts and open spirits. I've seen the Lord, and he is here. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844 971 1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.